Welcome to Coaching Through Cancer, a show for partners, spouses, friends, and family of those fighting cancer. Daryl Taylor is a certified coach, a widower, and father. He knows firsthand the struggles that spouses and families go through after a cancer diagnosis. If you're in the battle of your life, you are not alone. This is the place for you. Hello, and welcome to Coaching Through Cancer. Today's podcast, I want to talk about fear. So I had an experience the other day where I had a uh, a routine medical uh, examination and um, they they had to do an IV on me for this particular procedure. And I have, like many people, a huge fear of needles, right? Um, But to the point where it's somewhat irrational. And so... Anyway, I'm uh, set up for the procedure. A nurse comes in, and uh, they're getting ready to uh, to give me the uh, to set up the IV. And so I warned them. I said, you know, hey, I'm a little jumpy when it comes to needles. I'm not gonna faint or freak out like that, but uh, but nonetheless, I might flinch or something. So they're like, okay. So they go ahead and they go to set up and put an IV in, and I flinched just like I said, and. <laughs> They missed the vein, so they had to um, uh, start over. And so they moved to my other arm. And at this point, I'm telling myself, okay, can't flinch again because I'm running out of arms. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I held it together better, and they they were able to put the uh, the IV in. Go through the procedure. Really, they, they, even the needle and the IV were nothing more than a pinch. Uh, and then removing the IV, I didn't even feel it. Uh, but the interesting thing is that I know this because I've had <laughs> needles and shots for years. Um, uh, but I haven't gotten over this completely irrational fear, even though I have tons of evidence that it really doesn't hurt. And even if it does qualify as pain, it's like a pinch that lasts a fraction of a second. So the thing it reminded me of is a few things. One, how um, controlling and all-encompassing our fears can be, right? I mean, they really can, um, in an outsized way, lead us to take actions that, one, we know are irrational, two, we know won't help us or make things better, um, and and uh, might even cause problems for us. But repeatedly, um, and knowing this, and I haven't really tried to work on it that hard, quite honestly. It's not like I do any specific work around that. Um, but, uh, you know, when I'm with my, with my youngest son and we have to get flu shots or, you know, COVID boosters or whatever it might be, I... Um, I hold it together so I don't look like a <laughs> a complete freak in front of my son. Um, and I do that so that he uh, doesn't develop the same irrational fear that I have, right? Um, and he doesn't like needles, but he's much better than I was. And I'd like to take credit for the fact that uh, maybe it's because I, I put on a good enough act when, when I'm in front of him. But this is really a silly fear, and it's it occurs, you know, once a year or a 
couple times a year at best. Um, and we have a lot of other silly and irrational fears about doing things, about, you know, projects that we need to complete, about people we need to talk to, about, um, you know, things we need to work on in our personal life, whether it be, uh, I don't know, organizing finances or, um, you know, uh, just improving ourselves, even starting a, a, a better diet and a health plan, right? All of these things can be preceded and hampered by fears that are irrational. And, and the, the fear itself is outsized in proportion to the actual thing that you're afraid of. I mean, in, in, in 99.99% of every case where you have a fear, um, uh, it's in the modern world largely irrational um, and 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 it really only holds you back as I said um, so in the case of the medical procedure with my fear of needles my silly fear of needles maybe I skip or delay procedures because they involve needles right the other impact of that is that it impacts my health I don't get um, uh, you know, tests done and the doctors don't find out what's going on inside my body until, you know, too much time has passed and, and that can make things worse, right? Um, and three, you know, I can actually end up making it much worse than it would be if I just dealt with the fear, right? So in, in the case of this procedure that I had, right, I had to be stuck twice instead of once. <laughs> I didn't even want to be stuck once, but because of the fear... And because of how I reacted, I ended up having to get two needles done instead of one, which made my day less, <laughs> way less fun. So, but, you know, the question is, you know, how do we deal with uh, these fears? And um, I want to offer a couple of things. One, it's, it's sort of pulling back from uh, the instance and and looking at it from, say, an elevated point of view or a distant point of view to understand the evidence that with the specific fear, like in this case needles, but with other things too, like um, people that you need to talk to or decisions that you need to make, right? The fear typically outsizes the reaction from whomever you need to talk to or the implications of whatever decision you need to make, right? And we know this, and to realize that when approaching something that causes you some fear. Um, I think the other thing that helps uh, is to really just kind of sit with the emotions that fear brings up, like all of the discomfort and the anxiety and the tightness and, you know, whatever else you get, tunnel vision or whatever it might be, you know, speaking in public, some people have a, a fear of that and, and uh, it, they they freeze up. So it's worthwhile that when the opportunity presents itself to to kind of sit with the emotion for a little bit because I think the other thing that we become afraid of with respect to some of these uh, silly sort of modern day first world fears um, are really just the feeling. The feeling itself is so uncomfortable, right? Um, we're in October and there will be, you know, amusement parks and places turned into uh, into uh, Halloween themed events right 
And uh, one year we went to uh, Knott's Scary Farm here in Southern California. And um, and they have people sort of uh, skating around the park and in costumes, you know, running up and scaring you. And you know they're people in costumes. Um, but, you know, all the sparks and flashes and pops and you know people jumping out of the dark and approaching you and entering your personal space right it causes a a, a visceral reaction that for some of us in that setting it's it's entertaining like i i find it funny um but for other people they become paralyzed right and they don't they don't enjoy the experience even though they know right that it's it's costumes and it's actors and it's you know, it's a large corporation and they can't hurt you because of liability reasons. And so nothing will happen. Right. But but that that visceral reaction occurs so quickly and so deeply, it's hard to 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 one stop it and and to, to, to pack it up and put it away. Right. And so even just the sensation. Right. Um, in, in this case of the amusement park example. You know, can paralyze you in a way that a you don't have fun, uh, b you have probably some internal stress response responses that might not be the the healthiest if they go on for very long. Um, but yeah, it's it's and and again, nothing serious comes out of that situation. But in other areas, right, you have a, a presentation to do at work and. You have to give a presentation in front of a public audience, and so you become terrified or frozen because you're afraid of how you're going to sound or what the audience is going to think while you're talking and all these sorts of things. And in reality, it always goes so much better than we think, right? And so I'm just constantly reminded that, you know, thoughts, thoughts that cause us fear, they are not truths, right? The amusement park, the, the needle, the terse conversation that you have to have, the, the presentation that you have to give. Thoughts are not truths. They're not premonitions. They're just things that pop into your mind because your brain is used to using fear as a response to protect you. And for most of what we experience now, it's not helpful. It just adds stress to your life, and if you continue to carry that stress, it probably has some some uh, some health impacts. So, again, um, I think it's helpful to sit with the emotion, to really feel it, um, and allow yourself to 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 just let it sort of resonate through your body, so you can get used to it and not come to fear the sensation. Um, I think it's helpful to to take a um, a uh, a view that is um, um, perhaps more uh, neutral and less loaded with story and just understand from your own experience that it has really never resulted in anything that was worse than you know the the idea that you were afraid of in the first place and then the last thing I think too to focus on is um, looking forward. You know, who do you become when you face your fears, right? Who do you become? You know, what is that sensation? What are the thoughts and the feelings that flow from facing a fear, regardless of how silly or small, or how large and 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 daunting, 
that changes you fundamentally so that the next time you approach it you still have a fear response you still have anxiety in your body but you're able to move and you're able to make decisions and you're able to be clear um, I think focusing on those three items right are a way of learning to address our fears in the world and um, you know I'm gonna start with my my silly fear of needles <laughs> um, and um, what are you going to start with, right? What are you facing right now that is scaring you or terrifying you and it feels larger and more dangerous than if you used your rational mind, it probably is, right? And, and what about the possibility of what else might happen if we could face our fears, right? What other possibilities would we see, even if it, there were an actual problem what other possibilities would we see because we're thinking with a clear, rational mind and, and, and not being given over to all of the discomfort and emotions that go with fear where you shut down your higher functioning piece of your brain and just go into fight or flight response, right? I mean, that was helpful, you know, when we lived on the plains, but today, um, it really prevents us from seeing the richness of options that are available to us even if we're facing a huge problem so um, those are my offerings today uh, I just thought I'd tell a story about um, a little bit of an embarrassing story about myself maybe you can relate um, if you are struggling with a fear or uh, a challenge or a change that is that feels larger than than life itself um, those are the things that I help with that coaching you through. I, um, I can spend some time with you and we can work through whatever those fears are, whatever those anxieties are, look at the areas of your life that they're impacting, and I can help you make a change and, and grow into a place where maybe the fear doesn't go away, but certainly you have uh, control and repeated victory over whatever it is that that concerns you to the point where the fear itself uh, could completely reside res reside or go away uh, at one point so so yeah um, reach out I'd love to hear from you and as always if you have a idea or a topic or something that you'd like to talk about let me know again uh, we'll see you next time thanks bye Thank you for joining us. Share this episode with friends, families, and others in the fight. We'd love to hear from you. What's your story? What are your thoughts, experiences, and what would you like to hear discussed? Reach out at www.coachingyouthrough.com. That's coachingyouthrough, with the letter U, dot com.